0: God's first response to the fall was, "I'm so sad that this happened. This is how I'm going to get you back to to me, dude." Will, I figured out my golf swing.
1: Yeah, what
0: what happened? Um, so it was really frustrating. You ever been at the range and you just look like an
1: idiot? You you feel like yeah constantly
0: well i so i was i was there and i i was i'm like what is going on i you, you go from pure in every shot to like a disgusting slice so anyways i videoed it a long time or a couple of times and then i was looking at the video and there was about five things wrong with my swing and mm. i thought well what is this and then all of a sudden it dawned on me i thought aiden what if you're standing too close to the ball and then i went back out there it stood a little further away from the ball and we're back to normal let's go let's go
1: <laughs> dude i had that exact same thing happen to me like a month ago where i was like it was like i had never hit a golf ball before
0: mm-hmm.
1: and i was like what the heck is going on and then like and then i figured it out with like my 52 degree and my 60 degree Like okay, kind of stroking those. That's good. And then I like pulled out my nine, and it was like happening again. I was like, "What on earth?" And then Mm -hmm. I think for me, I stepped closer to the ball. Maybe Mm. it was. It might have been that I was too far away, but it was one or the other, and I made that adjustment, and it was like everything was fine. I was like, "Why? Like, where does that come from?" You know. It's crazy. I mean, because that's something that you would do. It would be a really minor
0: thing over time that you would you would do wrong. And then all of a sudden, it's it's to the point
1: where it screws you up. Yeah, you're it, saying like you take incremental steps back or whatever.
0: Yeah, or like a lot of your golf swing and setups are
1: based off feel.
0: So I can kind of, mm-hmm. it's really weird. Like if I feel good over the shot, I usually hit it well. And mm-hmm. um, and now the same thing happened to my sister. She's, I mean, she's a college golfer, and uh, she same thing happened to her where she was standing too far away from the ball, and then just moved up a little bit. And in by move up, a, move up, move up, by move up a little bit, that's really not that much. I mean, it's you you wouldn't it's like really half an inch. Yeah, you really yeah. wouldn't be able to notice it that much. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something that's always so funny. Is I play golf. I went to I went to visit my cousins in Dallas, Texas last summer, and I was playing golf with them. I played one round, and then I play, I played two rounds with them. In the first round, I was playing terrible, and then the second round, I was playing pretty well. And I asked my cousin. I said, "Is there anything different in my swing?" And he said, no, Ed, and you look the exact same.
1: And I'm like, what? It's so frustrating. <laughs> how,
0: how is there Infuriating, Cause, actually. Because when you're doing it, you think that there's something really dramatic uh, that's happening. But it, it, that's just not the case. It's just such minute little differences. But but yeah, dude. The little things. Dude, it's crazy. I mean, it makes you really, it makes you really be in awe of, of, of guys like Tiger Woods who just have perfected the golf swing.
1: It, yeah, it's it's true. Even with like a
0: bum leg in the back, he still gets up there and does it. I mean, watching the Masters, I mean, he still has a he still has a picture perfect swing. It's just really um, what what makes the difference for him on a golf course is if he's able to walk up and down the course or not. But his swing is just. I, I took a picture of my back, my like the top of my back swing and I mm-hmm. compared it to a picture of the top of Tiger Woods's backswing today, mm-hmm. and. I literally was looked at it and said, oh, "Okay, we got some work to do."
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was really hoping you would say that they looked exactly no. the same. I wanted that for you. No, they didn't. Unfortunately, they didn't.
0: I thought. Dude, the ba- bold
1: choice with the with the white master's polo, by the way. Hey, dude!
0: You just gotta wrap it, you know. Uh, well, I've gotten to a g-
1: point in life. Oh, Go ahead. Well,
0: this was given to me as a gift by my my teammates last year on my birthday. Oh, that's nice.
1: I I only whip it out. My teammates, if you're listening, that would be a great gift for me, size XL, (laughs) but green, green. So like white polos? I
0: have a green one, but the white one I only wear on special occasions because it's easy to ruin a white
1: polo. Exactly. That's my problem with white polos. It's either you get something on it or it'll just get like I've had them to where they just get faded over time and oh, they just yeah. look gray, you know? Uh-huh. It just looks gross. Mm-hmm. They don't they don't stay crispy and bright. Yeah.
0: No, I have a white Mary I have a white and a, I have a white and a green one. I'm I'm am a guy who has two Augusta National polos never been to the place once. So Love it. You know, just got to look like I've been there. I said that one time to a mission partner of mine, cuz I I wore a freaking I'm an idiot. I go into him and, you know, asking. Hey, renounce that lie, bro. Come <laughs> I'm not an idiot. Um, <laughs> but anyways, I go to him. Uh, I'm visiting him and uh, asking him to join my support team. And he looks at, I'm wearing an Augusta National polo, asking him to join my support team. <laughs> and he, lo- he's, he says, oh, Aiden, that's a really great polo. You ever been to Augusta? And in my head, right when he asked that, I'm thinking, Aiden, this is just a tough look to be asking somebody to, to give their hard earned money to you while you're wearing an Augusta National. <laughs> <laughs> and I looked that's at him. Look. I looked at him, I said, I'd never been there. And he's he looked and I said, I looked at and then I also said, I like to look like I've been there. And then he replied, I do as well. And then it was a great day. Oh, that's
1: huge. <laughs> that's huge. <laughs> but yeah. That's awesome. Dang. Well, welcome in everybody to this fine episode of Sunday Lead. Will Bombeck here, joined as always by Aiden Setter.
0: Another week, another Sunday lead.
1: Yes, sir. It's like yes, sir. Death, they can't it, stop us.
0: It's death, taxes, and Sunday lead. <laughs> <laughs> so dumb. <laughs> Dude, I've been, I've been, I've kept that one in the in the holster for a while. I've <laughs> <laughs> even sitting on it. I have, but I wanted to have a consistent enough amount of episodes. Death, to taxes, say,
1: and Sunday lead, baby. <laughs> I mean, we're, oh, I, think awesome. we're, I
0: think when this releases, we're close to uh, tax day. So exciting times. Yeah, but, uh, yeah exciting
1: times. <laughs> but yeah, dude. I hope to one day get to a point where we have to file taxes on Sunday. Please. I That'd was As nice. I was filling out my taxes yesterday, I was like, they, you know, they have like the LLC thing or like, mm-hmm. have you made money from a hobby? Like all those questions, which I have no idea like yeah. when they would apply. But I'm like, maybe one day. No, Sunday I lead. think
0: I think this will be big one time one day. You know, maybe make some polos or something.
1: Dare we hope? Dare we hope that one day, <laughs> you everyone know? Praise will God if, they, if
0: praise God if that happens. But if not, you know, it's a fun little ride.
1: Yeah, we didn't start with this this with the intention of like blowing it up. But do we want it? Kinda, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you know somebody who's who who would like this, please share it because one day. Hey, I be want, a
0: friend. Tell a friend. You know, I I want the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ to reach all ends of the earth. But I also want to be able to make polos so. absolutely
1: (laughs) we've got some great ideas we've got some great ideas if we were ever given the platform amen dude amen Um, so yeah as I guess well yeah this is fine as we are recording this it's the Thursday day one of the Masters Mm. Um, so we got Masters on the brain but uh, one of the I didn't know if I should say that or not. To date, whenever this comes out, but uh, I probably would have recommended us not sharing when we I, recorded it. I this. actually I yeah, <laughs> I, uh, but it, it doesn't matter. I had that feeling. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Most I don't think of it matters. most of what
0: we're going to talk about has nothing to do with the date on which we recorded it. No, um, no. But
1: so, they're yeah. just. I mean, we've already talked about the polo. There's a reason yeah. you're wearing the polo, and then yeah. there was there was a bunch of interviews with Tiger at the beginning of this week that peaked my interest mm. peaked our interest yeah Well, um,
0: please describe what peaked your interest about LT, Aiden,
1: thank you thank you um well he was they were talking to him a lot about uh just like his journey and like how it all started at the masters and um you know as he looks back on his career what what is going through his mind during this masters in this tournament and um A lot of what he was, I forget the specific questions they were asking him, but he just kind of was reflecting and was like, you know, I I got. When most kids were juniors in college, I won the master's, Mm -hmm. which essentially set me up for life and secured my career. But now I come here as a father with a family, with a, I mean, one of the best careers of all time in golf. And was essentially just talking about how his priorities have changed and how he views golf now and the game now and the tournament now. And there's almost like a, a pay it forward mentality he has Mm -hmm. like where he talks about like the guys he played with growing up, that he looked up to a lot and he acknowledges that he's that guy now for a lot of the younger players. And even he was talking about his son. He was like, I mean, as a father, I love going out here with my son and playing with him and watching his shots and helping him out and, sharing this gift of what we both love, um, together. I don't know. It was just, it was a really, it was a human moment for a guy that's been seemingly a superhero for most of his, at least on the course for most of his life.
0: Absolutely. I think, I think one of the things they were talking about on the broadcast actually today was how Tiger is, he was viewed as so, um, so super superhuman, and, and now he's viewed as he's more relatable to the guys on tour and the guys, mm-hmm. just the average golf fan because he's he's gone through a lot, um, and I think that, yeah, over over the time over the years, um, you'll hear different golfers on tour kind of talk about how at one point Tiger was unapproachable and they were scared of him, but then now he's he's kind of this he's almost this grandfather of the game in some sense. I mean, I don't think he'd like to be described as that, but um, he's, he's the reason mostly, I mean, P, the golf professional golf is on a level that it's never been in terms of talent. And he's the reason all these kids started playing golf. I mean, I say kids and they're all older than me, but all these guys started playing golf because of Tiger Woods and because of mm-hmm. what he was able to do and, and how the, the level of excitement he was able to bring to the game of golf, where you have some of these really good athletes who, who probably could have played college basketball or football, but instead they chose to go with golf, and then they end up becoming PGA Tour players. Um, and, I, and I think that, that it's really cool because yeah, I mean, in a lot of ways, you can't... Tiger's completely unrelatable in his prime. He just amazes us, but he's at such a high peak that no one can relate to him. I mean, maybe two guys, Jack Nicklaus and Arnold Palmer, but um, mm-hmm. you know, two of the legends of the game, but uh, what makes somebody's relatable what makes somebody relatable is there is their shortcomings is their flaws is the the we're only relatable in our suffering we're not relatable at all in our in our triumphs unless you've achieved that triumph Say that one more time So oh
1: oh it's it's like you're saying it's relatable to us if we've done that same thing too Yeah you he's only relate yeah yeah. Yeah,
0: the, yeah like I'm I can't relate to LeBron James and his Athleticism, but I could relate to LeBron and probably some of his struggles and Taco
1: Tuesdays. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) but but yeah. So yeah, no, that's that's good, and it's. I was thinking about it too, and and Tiger's kind of been, I guess a lot of his scandals happen pre cancel culture kind of, and, I mean the car wreck was pretty recent, but he's almost been like, yeah, but it's it's not a great look. Regardless. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know. There's those, I think you're exactly right in saying they kind of humanized him and showed him, like, showed the world that this is just a normal guy with normal struggles. But then they also, like, I think, humbled him too and, and made him that, like, more approachable and more of a, a mentor role and almost like a, a father kind of to, I know you said grandfather, but, like, in a way, father too to the, all these younger guys coming yeah. up now. I mean, even like Rory. Yep. when he was coming up, was like. I love the shots of of teenage scrawny Rory with the chubby face, like following around Tiger on the course in his prime, and then. But now you look at him, and they're both kind of like the leaders of the PGA, which is pretty cool.
0: No, absolutely, and yeah, father's a better way to put it. <laughs> uh, he's only. He's <laughs> well, like grandfather
1: to some of the young guys, some of those amateurs out there this week, yeah. but. Um, yeah, the grandfather yeah, title
0: still firmly in Jack Nicklaus's possession.
1: Yeah, that's probably that's probably
0: uh, but, true, but yeah, it's cool that it's cool to see a guy like Tiger. I think one of the beauties about golf is you see, you see the golf stars really um, evolve and really mature because it's mm-hmm. you know, it's one of the only sports where you can play. Realistically, I mean, you might have a Tom Brady in football where you can play till he's forty two, but in mm-hmm. golf, you're. I mean, if you're if you're if you're a good golfer, you you're on the scene for twenty plus years. Um, yeah, even longer, 30 years. I mean, your, your golf prime is so much longer a period of time. And so you're able to see guys grow. You're able to see their life stories kind of unfold before your eyes for better or worse. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think it's been really cool to see, see tiger grow and see, uh, especially in his son, Charlie, uh, in the, in those father son championships that they play every year where Charlie mm-hmm. comes out and he's kind of the, he's kind of the star of the show and tiger tiger gets a lot of joy out of charlie experiencing the game and out of teaching charlie how to play the game of golf that he loves and that he that was so integral um you know tiger had was very close with his own father and so mm-hmm. um it's really cool to see that uh, see that played out but also kind of see how tiger does it where he doesn't really at least from by all accounts of what i've read and whatnot tiger doesn't put a ton of pressure on his son um mm-hmm. uh, Kind of indifference, difference, um, maybe as a reaction to his own father, because, I mean, I think Tiger's own parents, uh, and this isn't, mean, this isn't mean to bash them, but they put a lot of pressure no, yeah. on Tiger. And, There's and, that
1: HBO documentary that kind of showed, yeah. I guess, more behind the scenes what it looked like.
0: Yeah, and so Tiger, Tiger's been a lot more. He's kind of been able to take what it what was great about their approach to helping him become the golfer he wanted to be um, and mm-hmm. more fine-tune it and, and, and be that father. Uh, to Charlie, and and, and see,
1: and and allow Charlie to reach the the goals
0: that he has himself.
1: Um, Yeah, and like following that theme of fatherhood today, we wanted to kind of, over the next two episodes, talk about, uh, I guess, the thing that is the most central to our faith, which is the gospel, and specifically a gospel message, gospel presentation, and in this Easter season, I think it's something good to reflect on, because it's something that, you know, obviously, like us being missionaries, we talk about it all the time, but There is a a truth behind the the fact that, like, a truth behind the fact, but a truth behind the statement that we can always gleam something new from the gospel or can always be reminded of those truths. Um, And so how we wanted to do it was kind of uh, how I guess we were trained to do it was break it up into five different parts that we're going to cover over the next two episodes. Um, One being relationship, we're made for a relationship. Number two, uh, that relationship was broken through rebellion. Um, And then, number three, we have reconciliation through Jesus Christ and his act on the cross. Number four, um, we are offered the ability to be recreated in Christ here on earth. And then, um, number five, that all of this garners a response from us that we, with our free will, have to choose how um, and if we accept this gospel message. Um, So, yeah, today kind of wanted to cover the first two uh, ours in that relationship and rebellion. So, Aiden, what does it mean that we're that we're made for a relationship? Um, so, I mean, you can look at it with
0: Tiger. Uh, ultimately, he has this great, he has this massive career, the greatest golfer of all time, arguably. And now he's talking about it. What I don't know how old he is, forty three or whatever. That what matters to him most is his relationship with his son Charlie and his and his mm. his daughter excuse uh, ap- my apology I do not know what
1: her name is but I'm um, so sorry if you're listening to this Tiger Woods's daughter <laughs> but
0: uh, yeah we're made for relationship uh, we're pretty I think it, it's it doesn't take a rocket scientist to, to show that we need other people in our lives building us up and we need to re- re- reciprocating that um, mm. you know we live in a pretty lonely society and a lot of that has to do with not having primary relationships but how it relates to the gospel is that the God of the universe created the universe and it makes zero sense, but he did it. Um, He created man and he um, wanted man to, to share in his blessed life. And, and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, this is what the first paragraph of the catechism says, the first paragraph of the Catholic church's official doctrine of what the church teaches. It's probably a very important, uh, paragraph in the first paragraph of it talks about how God created us out of love and how he desires relationship with us. Um, mm-hmm. And so he creates to share Adam. in that
1: goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. So he
0: creates Adam and, 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 and yeah, it makes no sense, but we, God creates us to share in, in, in all of his goodness. And, and so we have this great desire from the very beginning to live in relationship with him. And that's ultimately at the very beginning before the fall, Adam was in perfect union with God.
1: Yeah, and it's, I, I think that it goes back to that fatherhood theme, right? Because that's the, that is the relationship that we were created into. Uh, in Genesis, shoot, Genesis 2. Yeah, 2 or 3. <laughs> and there, yeah, yeah, well, 3 is the fall. I think 2 yeah. is what it says. Uh-oh, I'm getting exposed. But that we're created in the image and likeness of God. And, and we know from that biblical text that image and likeness is referred to as a, uh, as a sonship or, or a daughterhood, right? Of that, like. Uh, I think in Genesis 5-3, it talks about uh, Adam's son, Seth, being born in his image and likeness. And so God, out of his infinite goodness and in order to share his infinite goodness with us, created us as his sons and daughters to share in that relationship with us. And, and it's really cool to think about because it's, you know, our first, our first glimpses of what our relationship with God looks like is that lens we view f- few our, through our parents and through our fathers especially uh, but as we grow older when we experience more complex relationships, romantic relationships, like all of those are a reflection of who God is to us. Uh, you know, like a lot of times I, uh, when I'm talking about it with guys, I relate that like that ache you can feel uh, to a significant other. Like if you're in a relationship, like when you're not with them or when you like long to be with them, right? That's in a way, in a much bigger way, in a much more pure way. An intentional way—it's how Jesus Christ feels about us at every moment of every day. Like especially when we turn our back on Him or choose not to follow Him, He He longs for that communion with us, longs for that relationship with us. And when we're not in that relationship, His heart breaks for us. Hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and it's uh, yeah, that relationship is so key. And it's I don't know. It's it's I don't know if it's it takes a ton of explaining. I think everybody probably realizes it in their deepest hearts the desire mm-hmm. for relationship the desire to be loved to be known i think that's mm-hmm. ultimately what people want the most is to be known and loved yeah um, to be
1: fully known fully seen fully mm-hmm.
0: loved exactly as you are yeah yeah and it's and it's uh, yeah it's just, it's just the most basic of human needs um, mm-hmm. and, and so god creates adam and eve and he 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 desires for this, this relationship with them and he, he uh, looks at Adam and he, he tells him uh, to, that his, his main job is to guard till the garden. Mm-hmm. Uh, to, to shamar is the term. Uh, mm-hmm. to, to, to protect the garden. And then he makes Eve from Adam uh, so that Adam may have uh, a human relationship mm-hmm. uh, and may have someone like his own.
1: And so, from the very beginning, it's all about relationship, and and then yeah, and in men and women's relationship in marriage is the reflection of the love the Trinity has for each other, and it's like our clearest example for it, which is pretty cool. Like mm-hmm. so, like your your mom is going to reflect different attributes of God to you than your dad does, but they both are just as true one as the other, uh, which mm-hmm. is really cool.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and then that gets us to the next point of rebellion. Uh, so obviously. You know, the fall in Genesis 3, Adam and Eve eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which they weren't supposed to. Um, <laughs> and I, I. But I think there there's a lot that could be said there of, um, you know, what Satan tempted them with was this desire to be like God. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, he attacked how they viewed God. He, he attacked them, their viewing of him as a good father, and instead he got them to view him as a... Authoritarian figure, a, a yeah. rule giver, a, a someone disconnected and who didn't love them and didn't have their best interests at heart, and said, "No, this this will doing this act will you'll actually be like God. You'll yeah. be made little gods." Yeah, and he
0: did that. So Satan does this by. So if you look at the actual scripture, God says, "You may eat of every fruit of the tree of the gar- every fruit of the tree of this garden in this garden, but if you eat of this tree, uh, you will die." And um, so you shall not eat of that, that tree because you will die. And, and you can read it. And this is how Satan comes in as the serpent and kind of twists and turns it a little bit. And he says, oh, Eve, you know, he just doesn't want you to be like him. He's just, you know, he doesn't he doesn't really want you. But if you really look at it, God's actually. So what he's doing here is he's setting up free will. And he's he's giving them an opportunity to love him back because if they weren't able to if they weren't able to freely love God back, then God's just a dictator. I mean, he's no, mm-hmm. he's, there's, there's no way we can love God back unless we're able to choose it. And so, mm-hmm. so uh, what God's actually doing here is protecting Adam and Eve. He's looking at them and saying, yeah, every tree in this garden is not going to do anything to you. You're going to be great. But this tree's literally going to kill you. Uh, mm-hmm. So don't eat of it because I don't want you to die. Um, mm-hmm. And so he gives the opportunity. He puts the ball in their court to listen to him and to trust him. And then obviously the, the serpent comes in and, and twists the words, gets Eve to believe that that uh oh yeah God really doesn't see have my have my best interests in mind, mm-hmm. and gets her to fall, and then gets Adam to fall, and um yeah it's ultimately you know who, whose sin is it always framed as being will.
1: Eve. Adam. Adams. 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 I put I, you on I, the I spot know. there, but I know. Sorry,
0: <laughs> I put you on the spot, but yeah, it's it's framed as being Adam's all the time. Why is it Adam's sin if Eve's the one who ate the apple first? Because Adam was right there, Aiden. Amen, dude. What did God tell Adam? To so do? you're
1: saying it's good that it's always framed as Adam's sin, right? I mean, yeah, it's Adam's sin. Like he. he yeah, because he failed to shemar. Amen. Failed to till and keep. Failed to guard. He was standing right there the whole time. It says Eve handed the fruit to Adam. Amen. So come on, test me, bro. Test me.
0: (laughs) But dude, so so yeah, so Adam ends up failing in his one guard in his one thing because he should have guarded the garden, and what got into Mm -hmm. the garden? The devil, the serpent. Yeah. Um. Not
1: much worse can get in the garden. Yeah. People don't talk about that.
0: But then, will what does what happens after they fall? They they realize they're naked. They become ashamed. But then something happens.
1: The they clothe themselves with loincloths out of leaves. They hide from God. They hide from God, and, and then God is that what you're looking for?
0: Uh, I mean, no, not going. exactly, but they they okay.
1: we, God seeks them out. God he seeks says, them "Who out. told
0: you you were naked?" And then yeah, and, and Father Mike Schmitz talks about how that's how you read that, how you really interpret God as if, oh, he says if you read it in a like a mean way, like God's like, "Who told you you're naked?" Uh, oh, yeah. Then yeah. it gives you an author. It, it means that you view God in a really authoritative aspect, mm-hmm. but the way that God would respond to that is more of a uh, out of love, out of a desire. You know, he's sad that the, he's he's sad that he found them and they were mm-hmm. in this spot, but ultimately, yeah, that they
1: broke that relationship and took turned their back on him, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: But ultimately, what happens here is is so God God seeks them out and then. Um, to leave you on a high note, God is—it's mm-hmm. called the, the Proto Evangelium. It's the first gospel. It's basically where God says, "You fell, um, but I'm going to—I'm going to—I'm going to figure out a way, and not figure out a way, but I have a way that I'm going to get <laughs> you guys back." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And he and he, he, and he lays out the whole plan. And in this plan, he talks about—he foreshadows to, the, to to Jesus Christ. Uh, he says uh, that the the heal or out of the seed of the new Eve will come the new Adam, which is foreshadowing mm-hmm. to Mary and, and Jesus. And, and the heel of, uh, I don't know what, I'm, I'm messing up my, my quotations, but basically Mary's going gonna to crush the serpent's head. and Yeah, uh, with Jesus. And and then he also institutes uh, pain in childbirth and then pain in work. And this is the only way mm-hmm. that 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 the human race that we're able to actually love, because it's, it becomes a sacrifice to love, and so it, it becomes on. it becomes almost painful for us to love, and He's teaching us how to love, um, mm-hmm. and so this is this would be God's response to to the
1: initial rebellion. Yeah, and and that the Proto-Evangelium, proto-evangelium calling back to that relationship. Okay. Here's how I'm going to fix that relationship. Mm And that is now broken. And I think it's important to keep in mind. Sometimes when reading the old Testament, we can look at like Adam and Eve, or we can look at the Israelites and be like, wow, they're idiots. Like how would they decide to do that? But, or like, you know, just not put ourselves in their shoes. And you know, the fall relates to us today, one, because of the stain of original sin, uh, which we carry and is, is taken away by baptism. But two, uh, I mean, obviously, we experience those consequences. I guess three, like we rebel against God every day when we choose our will over His, when we choose not to surrender to Him and follow Him. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think I think it's a great point to end at the with on the at the very moment that Adam and Eve fell and God finds them, He announces the Proto Evangelium, the the mm-hmm. plan for Jesus Christ uh, to restore that relationship.
0: Yeah, and it definitely. Uh... It goes against that common narrative we have that the God of the Old Testament is just this angry God,
1: mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. God's
0: first response to the fall was, "I'm so sad that this happened. This is how I'm going to get you back to to me. Not get you back like I'm going to screw you over, but get mm-hmm. you back to right relationship with me." And mm-hmm. So it shows that God is He's always been a loving Father, um, even even from the beginning, even from the first fall.
1: Amen. Come on. Amen, dude.
0: I don't know if do we even have a call sheet for this?
1: <laughs> we didn't. And now I'm trying to think of one on the spot and I couldn't really. I mean, the call sheet is just like we're in the Easter season. May just go pray with this, you know? Go 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 pray with the ways like, what it means to be made for a relationship and and how you rebel. Yeah. But and how God calls you back. I don't know. Maybe relationship. Do you want that to be it?
0: Made for relationship. Yeah, that's good
1: made for a relationship <laughs> we might get a copyright thing on that from some okay then we'll, we'll just make it the Apostolate. gospel part one
0: yeah that, that's that's what I was let's just do that
1: <laughs> call sheet gospel part one there's all gonna right. be a test next week all right well, all right we'll, thanks for joining us everybody we'll, we'll see y'all for part
0: two next week can
1: drop that gospel beat rock chalk jayhawk more damn eagle peace Yeah,